Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Sylvia. And we're the co-founders of MindTeam Solutions. And we help leaders leverage communication and relationships to drive success. Hey, Mark. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining me here today in uh, our studio here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Very good. So what are we here to talk about today? Uh, well, uh, apparently we're here to talk about a program I call the Removal and Replacement System. Removal and replacement system. So, give me a tell me a little bit about that. So, um, that could go a couple of directions here for, at first. Um, but what I want to say, what I want to say is, well, first of all, I want to do the an, an Einstein quote, and I can't do it exactly right, but um, but he said something like, "Any fool can complicate things. It takes a genius to make them simple." That's right. And so. You know, I've created this system, and I'm going to talk a, a fair amount about it uh, very soon. Uh, and but I also realized that there that because of the nature of it, I couldn't actually simplify all the aspects of it. But I really wanted to narrow down what the absolute core reason, as Don, my lovely wife, would say, what's the deeper why. And so I'd, I'd kind of like to start with that, and then I'll go about how it came together. Awesome. Uh, the deeper why of this is because all of us have a certain amount of energy, and I would say fuel, every day. We wake up with, with our fuel tank has a certain amount of fuel in it, and then we go about our day, and different things, we expend energy in all kinds of different ways. Work, stress, every, just you name it. That, that happens. And so by the end of the day, we have expended a lot of our fuel, and I call it our precious fuel. And I'll say more about that too in a moment. But the, the, the main reason that the uh, removal and replacement system exists is because of my commitment to help people conserve as much of their energy as possible. Because we need that. By the time we get home, how many people have you know gotten home from work, whatever their work is, and they don't have time to be with their family, their kids, or whatever. They, or it's not that they don't have time; they just they're drained. They're drained. They're burned out. Whatever happened at work, stress, et cetera, et cetera. By the time they get home, all they want to do is flop, and uh, and even if they don't flop, they don't really have the the oomph or whatever to yeah. to do the things that they're doing all this stuff for you another know, they, part of it might be living for the weekend if you will is another yeah. way you yeah know, living like, for oh the i gotta weekend. unwind now. and yeah. and so how can we change just even that around not just that but other aspects of our lives so that's the idea the idea is personal energy conservation and so when i talk about all the aspects of this and the and and it's loosely based on maslow's hierarchy of needs and there's a lot of the the facets in there that's the thing that that we need to kind of come back to. We need to remember that this is what it's all about. Because if you can keep that in mind, am I conserving energy? Am I using? Am I wasting energy? If you if if, if you check in with those thoughts, that's a pretty easy thing to do. Once you get that mechanism, you can say, is this interaction right now giving me energy or taking energy away? Well, it's probably giving me energy because I'm talking about one of my favorite things, right? So one of my favorite su subjects. Um, but I can check in with that and say, is this giving me energy? Is it taking it away? So having said that, 
this is what's what has turned out to be a lifetime project. I have pulled elements of many, many different aspects of who I am and was. So I, I as you may know, I, I uh, have a master's in clinical psychology. I went through the whole track, and I was a therapist for the better part of 30 years. Uh, so I did that. I've done some metaphysical teachings and trainings. Uh, one of the ones that I think uh, influenced a lot of what I'm going to say about the removal and replacement system is the uh, uh, Durjef Uspensky system. There was a gentleman by the name of, I think it's George, I don't remember his middle initial, but Gurdjieff was his name. And he was an early, um, you could say he was an early mystic, but he was, he was more practical. He was more practical about us as, a, as beings and as an organism and how do we function in the world. So I pulled uh, from that as well. So, and I already mentioned I pulled from Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of need. So if you, if you look at Maslow's, we call it a pyramid, um, I'd, I'd love to be able to rattle. I can, I can pretty much rattle off my stuff, but, I, but I, I'll have to remember Maslow's descriptions. Mm -hmm. But essentially, there's the physical... Basic needs. Yeah, basic needs are down at the bottom. and it Food, moves, shelter, water. Food, shelter, water, and then it moves up to the... the self-actualization. Self-actualization is, is at the top. And I think I probably use that term in, in mind, too. I think self-actualization or... It's pretty close. But anyway... Um, so what I did, okay, what Maslow did, how that happened was he started looking at people who were successful. He looked at, you know, Einstein, FDR, I can't remember how many people that were, that he considered successful and that they were the movers and shakers and, you know, doing the things in the world that were, that were changing, that, that were known, they were known for being world changers and life changers. And he started, he reverse engineered what their process was. And he actually said they removed the blocks uh, that prevented them from moving up the, the hierarchy. So they could, when they self-actualized, they were actually able to do their life mission. That's what I call it at the top. It's the life mission. Mm. Um, but, okay, so that's what he did, but he reverse engineered it talks a little bit about you know what we need what I realized at some point is he doesn't really at least I couldn't find it he doesn't take people step by step through what the process would look like or what are we what are we removing people remove stuff but but we didn't know what they were so I started looking at this through that that lens and thinking well how can we make this practical and why do we want to do this the deeper why it was the most important question, which I already answered, which is because we need all the, the fuel and energy we can possibly get to be able to do all the amazing things we want to do in life. So what do we need to do about that? So I started saying, okay, well, let's look at how, what can we, rem what aspects of us don't work and can we either replace those aspects that don't work with things that do work or even replace them with space. If you remove something that's draining your energy from your life, maybe what you get, at least in the beginning, is just space. That space may, may get filled up with something positive or may, something else, but just the removing of something that drains your energy. So I said, well, what is that? So I, I, I started thinking about 
that as well. And I thought, and I realized, okay, so what do we have that's like that? And I said, well, I came up with three things that affect us in a negative way and, and, and drain our energy. Uh, one of them is what I call blocks. The other one is leaks and drains. So um, a drain is more than a leak. Uh, a leak is, and, and, and we can talk about those separately. I don't want to unpack too much because there's, there's a whole Yeah, bunch. I mean, this is more, like you said, this is an eight, ten hour course. Yeah, yeah. Overview conceptually. Yeah. Let's dive into some and, things. And even yeah. then, I'm going to have to. Supporting materials. Not yeah. have whatever, you know, some stuff because it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot. And that's the problem. It's like that part of it's complicated. Which I mean, it's not necessarily complicated because because we're not going to be we're only going to be looking at one aspect of our lives at a time and and working on that. You can't work on everything at once, uh, right? Because it statistics it show you can't actually make a lot of progress right. in a bunch of different areas. Yeah, you got to focus make, on one thing. It would yeah. make you nuts right. if you were to do that. So right. so we don't want to make people nuts. So right. so so we focus on different levels. So there's so what I have is I have the physical internal. That's all the. You know, what you put into your body, um, how your body behaves, uh, you know, in, instinct, the, you know, there's autonomic and what do they call it? This sympathetic and parasympathetic system. There's a whole bunch of that kind of stuff that I don't really go into that much. But the idea is how do we keep our physical internal working? Mm -hmm. You know, do, do medical, nutrition, exercise. How about sleep, relationships? Are sleep. relationships a part of that? Relationships are, are higher, up. Uh, higher up. Okay. Um, but I'm glad you asked that question. Mm -hmm. That was a good, very good question. Um, so there's, so the bottom line is physical internal. Okay. That's the bottom rung. Uh, broken up a little differently than Maslow, but it, it follows pretty much the same trend. Then we have physical external. And so I'll, I'll just go through them and then I'll, and then I'll just, I'll talk about a, a, a couple things that can give you some good examples of, of what I'm talking about here. So then we go into um, uh, internal process, which is essentially the, the, the mind, the thinking, you know, mind and emotion. So that's our internal process. Next up is social interaction. Next up is relationships. And then next up is, is motivation. And then at the top is life mission. So that's where that's what you have. These are all the categories mm -hmm. that we we can look at and determine how are we doing. What's our what's our report card in each of these areas? Yeah. And do you need to check off each one to get to the next step? To get to the next it's step, it's probably you... the way to go. Not necessarily. You but, could jump. Well, well, and here's the thing: if 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 I've got if I'm in a toxic relationship, then taking care of my physical environment and uh, taking care of my, well, my physical internal might be important. If I'm in a toxic relationship, I need to fix that first. Right. Because that's a leak. Yeah, it's point. more than a leak. Yeah. It's a drain. It, yeah. It's more than a drain. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it will, it'll suck the energy out of you like nothing else. Making ever. it so that you can't fulfill your life mission with as yeah. much yeah. umph efficiency. Energy. Yeah, I mean, if you have a toxic relationship, that's going to be pulling you down and it's going to just, it's going to suck that Makes energy, uh, whatever. So, so, Obviously, if that's going on, that's pretty close to the place you need to start. Right. Then once you get that somewhat stabilized, then you can come back down and start looking at the other aspects. But I want to I want to talk about an interesting aspect of this, and I can use the physical external as an example. Uh, I have several things that I talk about as far as your physical environment. 
uh, also things like is your car up to, you know is it, does your car need maintenance? You know, that would be a physical environment thing because it's going to constantly weigh on you that I need to fix this and I can hear that noise and whatever. Um, so there's lots of those kinds of things that happen in your physical environment. I want to talk about a couple things. One I call choke points, which is in a, a place usually in your environment that you're in most of the time, usually your house could be the workplace, where you have to do some kind of thing, maneuver to get through somewhere and you're and you're going back and forth that's what i call a choke point what that means is that you're using up a tiny bit of energy you could call it a leak uh, if you want a tiny bit of energy every time you go through there to to do something about it you know to get to get through so now i'm going to go to something else that is a personal experience that we had in the house we're living in where they had an old fuel oil system and, and, and as you know, they had the, the radiators against the wall, and they mm -hmm. stick out from different walls around six inches. It was dormant. It wasn't working. They they'd put a heat pump in, so it was this dormant thing that was in the house that we moved into. And whenever we come through the side door in the garage, the one little part of that that was next to the kitchen counter that was right there when you walked through the door had a loose end cap. And so you're walking into the house, you're carrying stuff, whatever, and almost more often than not, whoever's coming in knocks that cap off, and it clatters across the floor. So let's look at that thing that's going on there. So we walk in, we're not thinking about end caps or, uh, or things at all, and then suddenly whack, clatter, clatter, clatter. So what happens? First of all, you're, it's, a, it's a startle because the, the sound of this metal thing clattering across, clattering across the floor was, was, was startling. Next, your mind starts going to work going, oh man, I should have remembered that was there. Why don't I fix it? What, what can I do to fix this? You know, whatever. So that, so mind crap went on in that instance. Uh, then there's, if you're carrying something, set the thing down, go get the thing that went across the floor because you kicked it by accident, put it back on the, you know, the thing. And again, maybe recheck in with why I'm, why can't I figure out why aren't we, why isn't this important enough for me to do something about it so that this doesn't happen? Now you multiply that by two to three times a day walking in and out. You multiply that by two to three times people. How many times does that thing happen in one day? A fair amount. Now, it's still a short period of time. It's only maybe 10 seconds for the whole scenario to play out. But that's 10 seconds of some kind of energy loop. Now, multiply that times 365 days a year. Yeah. And that's just a small example that's a demonstrating small, small example demonstrating what I'm talking makes perfectly about. How much energy and 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 precious fuel did you lose over a period of a year in just that little moment? And not and and then, and then you look at it where you work, where there's something like that going on in three different places where you work. And and I was actually even thinking about it from <clears throat> say you have other th you have other things coming on and then that happens or that starts off your day. You know what I mean? Like, yes. say, say you're dealing with, you know, like, oh, oh, of course, this has to happen now after you're already dealing with the right. frustration with a, a, you know, a family member work, uh, you know, maybe something actually really serious happened and you're already 
you know, you say you have so much energy right. and capacity. And that I could agree. have blown it. Well, and, right, and you might be operating only at 40% or 60% right. as is, you know, we're, we're not every day we wake up at 100% even. Exactly. Uh, you know, so if we're already drained, then it's just a little bit more that pushes, pushes us exactly. over. Exactly. You know? And I, and I call that, that stacking stressors. Stacking. Way when, you know, because you, because you've got already got a stressor and then you're adding to it. That's right. So, so the one other concept that I want to put out here that I think is important, and this goes back to the, to the. Gurdjieff and Spensky, those two guys created the the system. There's a whole lot of stuff that they created too. But the piece that that I want to look at is what Gurdjieff called accumulators. And what he said was the accumulators are what get the precious fuel into us. We have fuel that that we burn is that in the form of energy. So I lift my arm. You know, it takes fuel to create that um, kinetic energy. So he said, well, how do we get that fuel? You know, how, what's the process? What's the refinement for that? So you've got, so essentially what you have is you have air, water, food, and then another fourth addition called impressions. You can survive uh, without food, w- average person can survive a couple of weeks, I think. Uh, without water, three or four days, maybe more. Without air, maybe five minutes. You can't survive without impressions for more than a split second. And what's an impression? Okay, an impression is anything that's active that goes on with us. Right now, I'm looking around this room, and I and there's an impression. My eyes are taking in things. We're doing this is an audio, so my ears are both taking in, and and my vocal cords are putting out. And so there's that's an impression. Every single thing we experience in life leaves an impression. So if you have the news on constantly in your house, you're gonna that's that's the impressions you're gonna get. You can now. The other thing is you can breathe clean or dirty air. You can drink clean or dirty water. You can drink empty, ca- I mean, you can eat empty calorie food or, or, or wholesome food or whatever. You can also get higher quality impressions or lesser quality impressions. Sure. People who have artwork that they really like, for instance, in their house, and it's all nicely arranged, uh, that's an impression. That's a that's a continuous impression that they get every time they come into their environment. It suits what whatever. That's going to be probably a healthier environment, a healthier impression environment for them. Everything that happens to us, every interaction, all that stuff, registers and goes into our system and is part of the refinement that gives us our precious fuel the next day. You know, the, and that makes a ton of sense to me. And again, I, the, the word impressions I was not thinking about, but, you know, and, and but you're, what you're kind of talking about, good input, good output, yes. right? You know, you eat good food, you're going to get better. So you're going to exercise, your mm-hmm. body's going to be healthier. You know, this room that we're in, you know, we're just doing audio. And yeah, we could do video. And I sort of had that right. in mind. But without, whether we never did video in here, I wanted this to have a certain look and feel so right. that when you come in here, yeah. there's a certain look and feel. You are recording in a real, legit studio. You know, and, and again, and when we when we want to go to the energy conservation part of it, the way the, the room looks and feels, because you're going to spend a fair amount of time in here, is really important. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, as uh, you know, if, to use the bank things, you know, Dawn is a high blueprint and I'm not. She likes to have, she's not obsessive about it. She doesn't have to have the house immaculate and every speck of dust is gone, but everything needs to have a place and it needs to look good. I wasn't as disciplined about that for most of my life, and now I've got an environment where that is more disciplined. The thing is that I understood why that's important. I understood why the artwork needs to be specially arranged, the bookshelves need to look nice or whatever, because it's going clutter. Clutter outside can be can mean clutter inside. Yeah, and it's an energy so, drain. And it's an energy drain. Right. Yeah, so efficiency, it's a, efficiency, you know. whatever, and and it and it and it, and emotions. And if your impressions are going to give you negative right. emotions, that's going to affect the fuel, and it's also going to suck energy. Yeah. So anyway, so the idea is we now let's look at this fuel. This fuel that is created by all those things that I just mentioned, I call it our precious fuel. We only have a certain amount of it. Mm-hmm. We start our day with that. If we start our day stressed, that fuel is already starting right. to get burned. Capacity. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about capacity. It's, it's, yeah, it's starting to get burned, so you have to look at that. Now, unlike uh, uh, a rocket that goes wherever or our automobile, the rocket is designed to burn that fuel at a specific rate or a timed rate. So it has exactly enough fuel to, to achieve escape velocity from the Earth, right? The car, you could... You know, and, and even on modern cars, it's not as easy to do this. You know, if you if you like punch it, you could probably burn more fuel. You could you could burn rubber and squeal those brakes, and you could burn up a whole lot of fuel in a short period of time. But you'd really have to work at it. Generally, now modern vehicles are designed to figure out how to most efficiently use the fuel that they have in any given situation. Mm-hmm. So, we on the other hand are not designed like that and all and sometimes we don't even know that that's a problem um if if you get angry for instance and express that anger i mean you can have inner anger and that's going to be a certain amount of an energy drain or a fuel drain but if you express that anger and mean it if you're not just acting the thing if you actually express it and it comes full force that's what we call an explosion Basically, you've just ignited a whole bunch of your precious fuel. Yeah. And what p- most people don't realize, unless they, unless they think about it and they process it through, is that when you have an explosion like that, when you have an explosion of rage or anger or whatever, there is this idea that you've let it off your chest. Whatever. Aside from the whatever the the impact is on the people around you, whatever that that's another thing. But but you've let it off your chest, and at least you've you've got some relief now because you got it out, right? What most people don't realize is that not right away, uh, you know, but between ten minutes, a half hour, an hour later, they're gonna want to go take a nap because they've just burned up a whole lot of energy. The there's two things that need to happen. There needs to be rep- repairs for whatever damage was done by the initial explosion. Poisons were released because you've released adrenaline into your system. All that stuff requires m- some kind of maintenance. And in that maintenance, your body's going to want to shut down so that it can repair the mm. damage and, and also use the rest of the fuel that's still left to help repair that damage. Interesting. And, and also, uh, you know, with that, too... Even you have this 
it's called a fit of rage that comes over right. you and you get it out. Well, how are you how you move forward with it healthily and positively is a whole separate issue, even on top of, quote unquote, giving it off your chest. Right. right? You you haven't really in, and most likely actually addressed the issue, put in any implementation, any changes or things into mm-hmm. effect. Um, so that's probably a. I mean, a, a whole other, a whole other piece to it, or a whole other aspect of it. Again, that's not the healthy way. So, um, I guess you know, right? Rec- I mean, recognizing that and knowing that, is there a, using your method? Is there a way to address that in uh, in itself, or is it more about not getting to that boiling point to begin with? Well, I would say it's more about not getting to that yeah. boiling point. It, it, you know, obviously, if you get to that boiling point and something there, happens, right. I think knowledge is power in, in, in almost all of this. The, the idea is that if you, for whatever reason, have an explosion, first of all, you need to understand that that's what happened. People who, rageaholics, mm-hmm. don't, don't get that they're burning fuel. Now, what's interesting is when you see, quote, unquote, crazy people, but when you see people that, that can just do these amazing things all the time, I've I've watched people who were mentally, you know, had mental problems just burning stuff off that I couldn't possibly I am going how could they even maintain this for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh so there's it, there's some kind of divine, you know, there's there's times when that is, but for most of us we can't maintain that because we're just going to be exhausted. Mm. The knowledge is power part is if I ever do have a a moment, even not not a moment of extreme rage, but just a moment where I know that that I had strong emotions and something happened and I expressed it. I'm ready for what follows. I understand that that there's uh, there's not consequences. There there, there are going to be consequences to that. Mm. What I think is, if you don't understand that process, what happens is you get it off your chest, whatever, and then you might have a revisit later. Because you're tired, you're irritable, and you're more tired and irritable than you were before you had the explosion. Mm-hmm. So, so not understanding what's going to happen once that happens, and I do I, what I what I do in my life now is any adre- any kind of an adrenaline rush. You see a cop behind you, and you're waiting for the lights to go on. That's going to flush adrenaline into your body, even whether you're breaking the law or not, or whatever you think you are, or whatever. It's just it's going to happen. So things like that, where you where you can feel small and large adrenaline mm-hmm. releases in your system. Maybe some tightness of chest. Tightness of, of chest, dryness of mouth. Sometimes there's lots of symptoms that happen from that. Your your body's also shunting. Um, I think it shunts everything to the core. So uh, heart and whatever, all that, it it, it pulls it pulls. From the extremities and 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 try and protects the core hmm. um, when when you're under extreme feeling stress, threatened, yeah. feeling frightened or under stress. Now stress, low level stress is basically low level releasing of adrenaline into your system. Hmm. And you call uh, that poison before? Yeah, because I've heard adrenaline. Well, I think sports adrenaline and needing well, to step okay. up to the movement. But right. There well, like okay. So that you've, you've, you've actually brought up a really good point. Again, we're getting into some of the specifics, but. You know, I, sure. I, I like this stuff. So so here's the thing. The problem with, with stress is that when people have stress at work, for instance, they don't immediately recognize that they just their stress level just went up to a three 
if they immediately left the office and ran around the block three times, then the adrenaline wouldn't really remain as poisoned mm -hmm. in their system. Mm -hmm. Because they because the adrenaline is designed for the flight or fight. So if you short term. Yeah, short term. And if you run if you exert a lot of physical energy uh, when you get an adrenaline rush, it's going to do what it needs to do, and it's, and it's going to get flushed out of your system much faster. Mm -hmm. The problem is what we call stress in the modern world is the lack of doing that. What happens is you have large, small, you can have chronic adrenaline release or you can have bursts. Either one, if you don't process it by doing some kind of major physical activity, it's going to remain in your system as poison. And it's going to have to be removed in a much slower process uh, by whatever mechanisms we have. Mm. And then if you keep getting re-stressed and re-adrenaline, there's never enough time to remove that. And then it builds up in your system and, and becomes like a poison. Mm. And that's one of the reasons people are so drained if they have a very stressful job. It's one of the reasons they're so drained at the end of the day is because they their body can't keep up with... Um, uh, releasing the, you know, uh, neutralizing. So what do you think that, the, you know, I know there's correlation, like heart risk, I'm thinking of, mm -hmm. like stroke, heart disease, sure. all that thing. I mean, it sounds like, and there may be other things going on, but, you know, so I, I'm a believer, and, well, I find this very interesting because I think that stress is one of the, and I guess not just me, there's statistics that prove this, stress is one of the biggest killers. And this really seems, you know, this all is a, I don't want to say it's all a stress management tool. It's definitely, I see how it's bigger than that, but it's certainly a tool for how we are going about managing ourselves, which also is managing our stress mm -hmm. uh, and healthy ways of managing stress. Because, you know, there's stress and then you stress. I mean, I remember this back from my psychology days, just mm -hmm. not, um, not working professionally 30 years like you have, but I was a criminal justice major. Mm -hmm. I always, and I, I, what I loved about it was understanding why people do what they do. So that's how I've always applied right. those type of things, um, you know, in my work now and, and, and moving forward. But really it's how do we, how do we manage, it's all, how do we manage ourselves in a productive, positive way to be as effective and efficient as possible? I don't know if that's a, that, fair way of putting it. That's right? exactly. I mean that. That's exactly what the removal and replacement system is about. Yeah. Is is uh, how do we do that? What you just said. How do we be as productive as possible? And I do think the start is the core value of the uh, removal and replacement system, which is we have to be vigilant about. First of all, we have to understand that the fuel that we that we use to do our lives is is precious. It, it the refinement process is is a complex you know thing that that makes this really valuable, uh, potent fuel. We have to keep that concept in our head. We have to be vigilant and protective of that fuel. Yeah, uh, because. And, and then the rest of the kinds of things I'm talking about, the adrenaline release, all that kind of stuff, that's going to that's gonna interfere with that. We want to be, you know, running smoothly and, and using that fuel just what we need, you know, all throughout the day so we've got plenty left over at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. 
we can have a you know we can have a reservoir so that the next so that the next time we process the fuel you know food uh, air whatever overnight we've actually built that up some more yeah um, but this this also sounds consistent with too like you know the we take on too much you know it's yes. kind of the i think of warren buffett where he's like make a list of you know 20 things that you want to accomplish and then to only keep the top five and right. say no to everything else. Exactly. You know, that kind of idea. Um, you know, where kids are over-programmed, you got homework, you got this right. thing and that. And, you know, there's not, you know, I, being a father now and having a 16-month-old, you know, I, I kind of look at this and I'm like, you know, where, how do I want to guide her through was important? And, and, and so things that I've read, you know, and, and seen and makes sense to me is that we're having them do too much and there actually is not yes. enough time process and think right we talked about the education system right. uh, a while back yes. and don't get us started as no. they say but the, yeah it's it's an inefficient you know i that's a, this is a bigger issue but i yes. but but the inefficient ways that most of modern society happens sometimes it's unconscious you know you, you there's all this stuff about different elements come together and nobody planned to make something bad or wrong or whatever. Yeah. And, and unintended consequences. Unintended consequences. Yeah. But because these two elements came together that maybe even had good intentions as they created it. There's 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Um, shoot, I wanted to. There was something else I wanted to to mention here. Oh, just some. Okay, just another little tidbit. We Don and I just recently fleshed this out. Because it's also important, it it, it moves up to uh, internal our internal process, social interaction, the relationship. That kind of there's like three different things there that they they can give and take. You know they can um, jump back and forth. Um, it has to do with uh, conscious action, unconscious action, conscious inaction, and unconscious inaction. Uh, because those are different things, but they are things that we grapple with uh, a lot, and and also they affect us. So conscious action is taking a conscious action. So that means that that you know, I'm thirsty. I'm gonna take a yeah. Glass I'm of thirsty. Water. I'm in a glass of water. Situation A comes in. Somebody says, "Can you do this for me?" And you go, "Yes, I will do that," and I am doing that now. That is that would be. You got the input, you made a decision, and it was a conscious thing to do the action. Got it. Unconscious action is what we often call reaction. When you act unconsciously, essentially what's happening is you are having a reaction. The example of kicking the thing off the thing, you had a reaction, an instant reaction to that that was not within your control, and it was you certainly didn't think about having that action it just was a reaction on a more positive note and certainly there's plenty of negligence oh, yeah, would, yeah. would breathing fall into that category or is um, that sort of yeah a different yeah subset? breathing yeah there there are plenty of unconscious good point there are plenty of unconscious actions that are that are actually critical and sometimes our instinctive center you know our instinctive actions mm -hmm. are critical so there so an unconscious action is not necessarily bad it's just that we're not we're not aware of. We're not making a present decision on yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, whether it's bad or good, we're not making a present Got decision it. about it. Got it. Um, so let's see. Where where are we? Conscious. Okay. So unconscious action we talked about. So conscious. Now we're talking about inaction. 
Conscious inaction is an interesting one, too, because essentially what that means is I see the circumstance. I could act or I could not act. I am consciously making the decision not to act. So, you know, I had uh, a situation where somebody, some kids actually slandered me. I was a teacher and they said some stuff that was untrue and they posted it on social media and there was a tempest and a teep- uh, whatever. There was a problem. You know, there was somewhat of a problem. And I kept thinking, well, what do I do about this? What am I going to do about this? You know, and I, and I eventually talked to a lawyer about it. And he said, you can't, first of all, he said, you can't do anything because, because you can't prove slander if you, it takes a lot to prove that. If, if you can't prove it, then they, then, then by not proving it, you're, you're going to be associated with guilt. It's not fair, but just by not proving that they did that with intent, mm-hmm. it's going to look like you actually did whatever they said you did. So the risk associated with that. Yeah. So he told me that don't do it, but other people said, don't do it either. It says they don't have any proof. So don't, don't honor it with with anything. But that was a conscious. I didn't just forget mm-hmm. about it and run a walk away. I, I had to do something about it. And so what I did was nothing. That's actually powerful. That's almost more powerful than doing something. Something. Yes. I think. Than, well, that's the point. Know, yeah. The point is, conscious inaction is is often Beautiful. equally as 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 valid as conscious action mm-hmm. um, unconscious inaction the problem a problem is if you make a conscious inaction it's still an inaction somebody else could think that you just did it unconsciously you know because there's no proof of whether it was a conscious intentional or an, intent right yeah, yeah. Um, so that's an interesting dilemma Dynamic. with that because yes. it's the absence of things. That's a whole other topic, and I and I have a whole. So is that only suit. from an outside view, or can you, or can we look at like I might be doing, I might not be doing things. It's you know what I mean. Like I might be doing things I'm unaware of, I or think, not doing things. I I'm think unaware it's of. I think it's only from an outside. View. Okay. I think I think that a conscious inaction has to be that by nature you have to have made a decision to do nothing. Got it. Yeah. Um, Conscious inaction, un- unconscious inaction happens a lot. People drop things out. They forget stuff. They, uh, uh, they're too tired, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so unconscious inaction is when, you know, you get a phone call from somebody saying, how come the so-and-so isn't done? Oh, yeah. You know, whatever. You know, that, that's, that's a small example. Yeah, makes sense. But those are really important to understand, too. It's kind of like the, the thing I said is forewarned, is forearmed, you know, or, or, or uh, you know, knowledge is power. If we know about certain of these mechanisms that we have, we, they don't have power over us. We have power over mm-hmm. them. And that's, that is a big piece mm-hmm. of not of conserving our energy. We need to have power over mechanisms, especially um, um, unconscious ones. Yeah. Part of that comes back, and, you know, I want to, this has been a great conversation. I think there's a lot more we can talk about, um, too. Um, You know, but, uh, well, I'll say, I guess, with that said, you know, is there there something else you want to uh, touch on or anything else you want to, leave people with based on this um you know um and again we can right. uh, we can dive in a couple of different ways in another time right. but just uh 
for the sake of today. Um, I can say, well, I think I've covered as much as I might. Yeah, but, but, but no, <laughs> you, know, you can never cover as much. But but I think that you know the, the bottom line or whatever is is we only ha- you know we we only live once. You know that, that's what we're told. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and why not make the best of it? And why not understand that living a uh, you know a positive, healthy life is pretty darn cool and possible. And possible, yes. And so that was kind of the one thing I was going to say is you know there there's some people that believe life happens to them, mm-hmm. and then there's other people that believe they have control over yes. their life. Yes. So if you are on that former group, the ones that believe things just happen to them, it's going to be hard to adapt a new system and way of controlling what they do because they just exactly. sort of roll with the flow and the punches and don't even recognize that, hold up, I have more control, choices, decisions than I really give myself credit for. The, one of the terms we used in therapy school was that those people have an external locus of control. Essentially, what what it means is they're letting the they're letting their external environment yeah. and what comes into them control them or That's be right. whatever. Internal locus of control means no, I'm going to make my own decisions. And, and that might come, you know, uh, victim mentality. That's that might be another way or an extreme version yes. of that first one. Yes. You know, oh my life is so bad. All of these things happen to me. Right. You know, type of stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is I think this is really uh, powerful as something. And as you can see, you know, there's a lot to it. But as you start breaking down each component, there mm-hmm. are practical, tangible things, practical, tangible things you can do every day. Absolutely. And again, don't get overwhelmed. God, there's so much there. there I, I've I talked about card page book. I'll say a little bit about that. 30 seconds. Uh, another 30 seconds. Um Card page book is something that I designed because because if you were to study the entire removal and replacement system, uh, even in the in the refined form that I'm probably going to create it in, you'd be reading a book. It you'd be it'd be the equivalent of reading a book. Um, it's not practical to carry the book with you uh, all day mm-hmm. long or whatever. Uh, nor is it necessarily practical to bring a page with you even. So. So the page, though, you could look at the page and say, okay, what are the things I'm working on? Just enough stuff on that page to say, here are, here are my 20 things. Which five of these am I going to work on? And, of course, which five of these goes on the card? Now, you could actually physically carry a card in your pocket as you go out and do your day with the five things that you're going to work on today. Or you could just have those five in here and keep checking in with them. Yeah, That's doable. The reason that that came up is because you said, I've created a way to have tangible ways to, to, to work on these things, to, un, to undo certain processes. Totally. To stop the leaks and drains and, uh, and, and overcome blocks. Uh, here's how you do it. Here's the how-to. The R&R system is the how-to to, to actually physically, mentally, whatever, have tools to overcome the things that are sucking your energy. That's huge. Yeah, and I think I think that's really powerful because you know, again, so many people walking around zapped, you know, going through the motions, caught yeah. in the hamster wheel. So so you know, we talk about it's almost the 
how do you stay mindful, right? Mindfulness yes, is a big term, presence, yes. you know, all this. And, and it's hard to stay mindful if you don't have enough fuel and energy to stay mindful. You can't. Mindful. No, you can't because then you go on autopilot. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're, 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 you only have so much capacity, energy. Right. Uh, and, you know, it takes to stay present in this conversation, to, to do the, you know, all, all these things. You need to be focused and you need to be here, you know, yes. and, and, and that's any conversation that you're a part of. Otherwise, you're just sort of mailing it you're just sort of mailing it in so yeah. uh anyhow i i think this is i look forward to continuing this conversation <laughs> uh i can see why there is a lot to it and the different applicabilities uh this was great so uh thanks for sharing this thank you for this opportunity awesome I'm absolutely amazing awesome thank you mark you're welcome Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you like what you heard, share this with others and connect with us at mindteamsolutions.com.